It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What happened over the weekend may have surprised people, including me, but we've got to accept this is the new standard for Auburn football recruiting. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blagger. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every single Monday, Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com, as well as a million other places. And Lindsey, this was an exciting, an exciting weekend. And I've got some uh, practice notes from Auburn's first day in pads. That happened yesterday. We'll discuss that. But first thing, we got to talk about the biggest news of the weekend. And that was Auburn landing in shocking fashion. Jalewis Solomon, the four-star corner. Uh, And really, I mean, this guy has been a borderline lock to South Carolina for a long time. And if it wasn't South Carolina, it would have been Florida State. And in fact, when I was making the thumbnail, For the reaction show, I was scrolling through his feed looking for an Auburn picture, and it's like, it's all South Carolina and FSU stuff. It took a while. So, very, very cool thing. But, Lindsay, this is what Auburn fans should expect from Auburn recruiting moving forward, where it's like, no matter what happens, Hugh Freeze and this staff, they are going to continue to push and push and push and push until... They get the talent that's needed to compete with the top folks in the SEC. We saw it over the course of this weekend, and they landed a very, very talented four-star corner. This isn't going away. I have to be honest. I don't know how to react because I don't remember a time in my adult life where Auburn has recruited at this level. Like, I'm not used to taking guys from Georgia and from Alabama and being in it even when people don't think you're in it. If he had a final two graphic, it would have been, like you said, Florida State and South Carolina. And then, boom, Auburn gets the commitment on the day. They get the flip. I'm sure South Carolina folks are not happy about it. Uh, they're probably going to speculate and throw out all kind of reasoning why they think it happened. But the thing oh, is, dude, there, like, there's some wild, wild videos from South Carolina people right now. Like, it's great. The, the, I like it's. I'm I'm happy, like as somebody who pays attention to this stuff, I'm happy that the state of South Carolina has uncovered a new salt mine to help the economy of South Carolina. I'm happy about that. That's good for the people that live there. Um, But it, it's something where if you look at like by quality of player, because Auburn's class is small, right? It's only, I think, 15 players right now. 15 now, yeah. And everybody above them, with the exception of Alabama, has a class that is bigger than 15. Michigan has like 27 players in their class. It's dumb. But the quality of the players are so, in, like 91.85, I believe, according to 247. And so if you had the same number of players, this is one of the best classes in the country. And I think in the era of the transfer portal, I said this last week, this is how we should measure it. And I feel like we can hang the banner. Auburn is back to recruiting top five, top 10 recruiting classes. Hang the banner. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. Auburn's going to continue to be a problem for these teams. And sure, they lost out on the bigger one, KJ Bolden, Saturday night. But that was a recruitment that Auburn wouldn't even have gotten into 
uh, if before Hugh Freeze was even involved. And that one sounded like it really kind of came down to the wire as well. So a um, lot of exciting stuff about Auburn football recruiting. But when you look at Jalewis Solomon and his recruitment, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Walker White's as far as, you know, Auburn used the last second phone call the night before to really push this commitment over the edge. I mean, a lot of people thought he was going to go several other places. Mm -hmm. uh, Clemson was probably the favorite. We'll certainly, you know, probably learn more about that as Walker White, you know, hops on more shows over the course of his high school career. But man, it is storming right now. But yeah, uh, you know, Jalewis Solomon, similar thing. He was supposed to commit at a certain time and he didn't, that time came and he hadn't committed yet because it sounded like he was on the phone with Auburn's coaching staff. And they sealed the deal. And ultimately, like you said, he became the 15th member of this class. Four-star kid, six foot, 185. There's some speculation on like what exactly he is position-wise at the next level. Uh, his stuff looks really good as a corner at the next level. Very, very physical. But Auburn may use him more in the middle of the field. He may be a nickel-type player. He may be a safety. Auburn's already got several corners in this class that you feel are going to be really good as outside players. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you've got the flexibility with a player like Jalewis Solomon, it only makes this class a little bit better. And it feels like they're, Auburn's got good at, we figured out the physical archetype of the player that we want. The ideal uh, size, build, movement profile, all of that stuff. We've identified these players, and then we're going to go out and get them. And a lot of the guys that they are getting happen to be four and five stars, but... Auburn is identifying the traits and saying that's what matters the most. We're not just chasing stars for the sake of chasing stars. Gus Malzahn had that issue sometimes where it's like, yeah, it's a highly rated class, but there's a bunch of players and he's chasing random stars versus getting the best scheme fit. And it feels like Jalewis Solomon really kind of fits, like you said, in the interior of what this defense wants to do. Uh, having played wide receiver, a lot of, a lot of, agility, athleticism, and very much a good fit for what Auburn wants to do going forward. And this class is going to be stacked on the defensive backfield perspective, which is great. Yeah, I mean, you got to feel good about all the layers with the exception of defensive line. And, you know, if TJ Lindsay comes, I think it changes everything. Or Camarion Franklin, both of those guys. Or both. Uh, yeah, or both. Boy, would that be awesome. But you got to feel good about all layers of this now because linebacker with Riddick and KJ Barber, and Joseph Phillips. I mean, there, there's a lot to like about this defense. There's a lot to like about the receivers. You like the running back. You like the quarterback. It's really the offensive and defensive line that they've got to really round out. And uh, I think that'll happen over the course of the next few weeks. DeAndre Carter, the offensive lineman uh, from California. You know, he's going to be a part of this class, I think, when it's all said and done. And if you get TJ Lindsay or Camarion Franklin or both, you know, that really, really helps kind of bolster what that is. And Malik Blockton, I think, is a guy that you know could level up as a recruit, maybe get another star. We'll see. Uh, he's a three-star in most places. I think he could be a four when it's all said and done. But all in all, the biggest thing about Jalewis Solomon, and there's a lot to be excited about, but I think as a player, that's great. But as far as what it means for Auburn and the staff, Lindsay, this is the new normal where Auburn's never really out of it. And I think that's something that Auburn fans should be very, very excited about over the course of the next few years, as long as Hugh Freeze and the staff is here. 
Yeah, you've heard about uh, climate change and like freeze warnings or uh, freeze warnings are coming to Georgia. They're coming to South Carolina. They're coming to Louisiana. They're coming to Texas. They're coming to Arkansas. Like the whole Southeast is going to be under a freeze warning for a long time if this keeps up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, and I'm sure nobody's more frustrated than the other teams in the SEC. It's not as easy to cherry pick some of these kids as it used to be. All right, I talked to a source within the Auburn football program, and I've got an offensive player and a defensive player that impressed this particular source. We'll discuss who both of those guys are in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs allows you to have all types of screening questions, different types of tools, and you want to hit certain folks as far as your marketing goes. LinkedIn Jobs has you covered. So head over to LinkedIn Jobs right now. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions it's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Live. Lindsey Crosby, our guest every single Monday. Lindsey, yesterday was Auburn's first day in full pads. It's getting closer and closer. All these little things happening. It's like, man, football's so close. Football's so close. But they strapped them up yesterday. Sounds like it was a solid practice based off of the people I told to. But I keep hearing one name in particular on offense, and then the source also highlighted a defensive player that surprised me a little bit. But first things first, Jay Fair. I wrote a story about Jay Fair at AuburnDaily.com yesterday, and the source said he's, quote, the real deal. Everybody was talking about the excitement of Javaris Johnson in this offense or the excitement that Caleb Burton could bring, the former Ohio State wide receiver. But from the slot receiver position, it sounds like, Lindsay, it sounds like it's been the Jay Fair show, which I did not expect. Mike G, he led the charge on the Jay Fair hype train. Props to him. But most importantly, props to Jay Fair for getting the work done. And it sounds like he's earned all the reps. Yeah, I mean, size-wise, we knew he'd be an inside guy, 5'10", 186. But I sure. think a lot of us kind of forgot, because we, we watched him play 10 games last year as a true freshman. I think he had maybe two catches, like Old Miss, Western Kentucky, might have been it. But yeah. I think the thing that we all kind of forget is he was first-team all-district in 6A in Texas. And that is... Like, those are schools that play in 25,000-person stadiums. Like, those are, yeah. that, that's big-time high school football, as big as it gets. And so, out there and hold school records for touchdowns, I mean, to have almost 20 yards of catch as a senior, be a cat, all that kind of stuff, he's really talented. And he's one of those players that it took him a little bit of a time, obviously, to adjust to the speed of the college game, to adjust to the physicality of the college game. But he's out there making it happen. And Auburn really needed somebody to step up in the slot. We all thought JVJ was just kind of automatically the guy, right? Like we just kind of gave him the job because of seniority. Yeah. 
But if you can get someone in the interior to step up, and especially to work really well with Peyton Thorne, that gives you another safety valve as far as not only do you have a much better offensive line to help with pass blocking, but now you have this inside receiver that's going to be close to the quarterback that can take dump offs, that can be used in the screen game, things to help get the ball out of the quarterback's hands to keep uh, from getting sacks and getting behind the chain. So his development is a big thing. And think about it. If he has a huge year this year, he's here for at least one more season because he's only a true sophomore. So one of those guys where it's not like he pops and he's gone to the NFL. You get at least another season of Jay Fair if this is the year for him to have a big year. Yeah, and you also, whoever is that slot receiver, which right now it does seem like it's Jay Fair. And look, a lot of you guys roll your eyes at me when I come on here and do these live reactions to fall practice and say whoever goes first doesn't matter. I don't know what that argument necessarily is. I don't really know. Nobody's really been able to make it clear like why that doesn't matter. But your starters with Peyton Thorne throwing to you have been Camden Brown and Nick Mardner on the outside with Rivaldo Fairweather at tight end, and then obviously Jay Fair at slot. And you've seen these other guys kind of like not be there consistently. And so, you know, through the first three practices of fall camp, as we record this, he's been the starter in all three of those. Like at some point you got to think, okay, when's somebody else coming? I don't think they are. I think Jay Fair is going to do everything he can to hold on to this one. And this, this has happened all summer. Ever since Peyton Thorne transferred to Auburn, he's made it a point to connect with him and throw with him and run with him. And I think that's kind of allowing him to separate himself a little bit. Maybe a lot. Um, We'll see over the course of fall camp, but impressed with what Jay Fair has brought to the table so far. The people who say that who comes out first, who takes the first snaps, don't, doesn't matter. If it doesn't matter, why hasn't it changed from Jay Fair? If it's, if, if it's not important, if it does not matter at all, why haven't they rotated guys in to see how well they do with that quarterback? Why haven't they changed it if it doesn't matter? Obviously, yeah, ba- it matters. Yeah, based on the media viewing window that we get and then talking to folks that are practicing the entire time, when the ones are in, it's primarily Jay Fair at the slot. They always do some rotations, but Jay Fair is first, whether it's Peyton Thorne with the ones or Holden Gurner with the ones, and it sounds like Robbie Ashford's with the ones some as well. So, uh, that's that. The defensive player that stood out to me was not expecting this name, but Zacchevius Walker apparently has had a really strong first few days of camp that has impressed some folks, which is great because Auburn's going to need more and more of a rotation in that interior defensive line because I think, you know, you feel good about Jason Jones. Marcus Harris has been at the three technique for what we've seen so far with Messiah Nasili Kite, the Maryland transfer at defensive end. Surprised me a little bit as far as the starter goes, but we'll see. We'll see how that rotation works out. I think you're going to see all those guys in multiple spots on the defensive line. But you've seen Lawrence Johnson and Justin Rogers uh, rotate in, and then Zacchevius Walker is really kind of making it hard to not include him in the rotation based off of the people I've talked to, Lindsay. Yeah, and and... He's a guy, it's now his third year in the program, or technically fourth fourth year, 2020, 21, and 22. He only played one game last year. I think that was a redshirt year, but still, it's something where he's got the frame. He's listed 6'4", 294, and so something where, at this point, it feels like everything's kind of clicking as far as there is Mm -hmm. that, that thing you sometimes see from those high school players when they get to college where 
everything's moving so fast and they can't necessarily react right away. They're trying to figure out what's going on first. And it feels like maybe this is a scenario where he's comfortable enough with the speed of the college game and the size of everybody that he can now react more so than having to think about what to do. Sure. And that's kind of like that hesitation, especially the closer you are to the ball, the more you hesitate, the more that's going to kill you. And so mm-hmm. the fact that Zykevius Walker is flashing in practice tells me that he's not having to hesitate to figure out what to do. It's just all instinctive now. And so him being part of this rotation would be big. You never know when you bring in a bunch of transfers how they're going to work out as far as Justin Rogers or so most. Okay, that's going to be, I'm going to call him in. MNK or something this year. It's going to be hard to do. But uh-huh. if if Zykevius Walker can be another full member of a rotation, that gives you more depth when injuries inevitably happen because they're going to happen. And the question is always not how good is your starter, but how good is your second guy? How good is your third guy? We saw that, you know, like last year when Marcus Bragg stepped up, he was the third guy and he was a lot better than we thought he was. If Zykevius Walker can be that reliable third guy, you're going to be in a good place on the interior. Yeah, and there's a chance he beats out a Lawrence Johnson, you know, for reps. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see. And you know, maybe that allows you to not put Marcus Harris at the three technique and start him a defensive end. I don't know where I'd like to see him more at. So that's going to be something I'm going to be watching for on the defensive front through the remainder of fall camp for sure. Other things that stood out, Peyton Thorne, something that's impressed folks that I've talked to is he doesn't, change his demeanor or behavior when he does something good or when he does something bad. He's very steady. He's very dialed in. And that's something that um, I think will give him the benefit of the doubt for a Hugh Freeze style of quarterback, which is Mm -hmm. something to follow. It sounds like Peyton is getting the most reps with the ones and then it's Holden Gurner and then there's a sizable drop off before Robbie. Interesting development that I don't necessarily think a lot of fans were expecting. A lot of people had kind of I, I, written off Holden Garner in that competition. Yeah, shocks me. But the you know the folks I talked to, I mean, he's had a good camp so far. Three days into it, four days into it, so yeah. good. Uh, props, props to Holden. Yeah, and you know, a couple thoughts there is is one. I know that Hugh Freeze has talked about having a package for Robbie Ashford and finding ways to get him into the game. Does that change if he ends up being? third on the depth chart where it becomes pretty obvious when he comes in, this is going to be a heavy run kind of situation. Is that something where does that package go away? If it's no longer plausible to think, yes, he could have been the starter. He could have been out there uh, passing as well as running. I don't necessarily know what that means. Yeah. Uh, They, they apparently in the first day of padded practice, let Robbie throw a lot and he looked good. So that's, that's what I was told. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's just taking him a while to get warmed up or something. But we'll um we'll see because I was I was bummed during the media window. I mean, when they're doing pace drill stuff, they're not letting Robbie throw it as much as the other guys. And like, I want to see him throw it. I mean, yeah, that's the question we know, have, right? That's like, the we, biggest question for Robbie. Is like, we know he can run it. Why wouldn't you ask him to pass it more? But I'm not a I'm not a football coach. They know way more about their players than than I do. So, uh, but that that's something I would like to see Robbie do more. And we, we haven't been able to in our viewing window. And until yesterday, it sounds like he was throwing less than the other guys. So that's something. Um, they said that Jay Farrow is the real deal. We talked about that. Jeremiah Cobb, impressing. And then uh, Keldrick Falk is doing what we all kind of expected him to. He does not look like a freshman based on what I was told. 
Yeah, and then some of the things that I've heard also, the offensive line has looked really good, which is something that Auburn has to feel good about. Something that we, it's been arguably you haven't had a good offensive line at Auburn in, I mean, you could argue a decade, really. 17 (laughs) is fine, and then 13 was great, obviously. Which was 10 years ago, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you've had, you know, two above average offensive lines in the last 10 years. So if this, like it, it helps you as like it helps you do everything better, right? You should be able to have more time to throw. You should be have bigger running lanes. It makes the whole offense better. And like yeah. this is the whole reason why you sometimes see those Midwestern teams even threatening the playoff. It's because they have a really good offensive line and they can cover up deficiencies anywhere else. And so really excited to hear that, hey, Auburn might have an actual like average offensive line. That's nice. An average off an SC, an average offensive line in the SEC would go a long way. Like if yeah. it's top half. I don't care if it's six. Like, I think we'd all take that in a heartbeat. All right, so what should we expect for Auburn's fall camp this week? We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to encourage you to join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Over 2,000 Auburn fans there. Be sure to check that out. Uh, all right, as far as what is scheduled this week, they practice Monday, today, and then after that, the media gets to hear from the coordinators, so offensive coordinator Phil Montgomery, defensive coordinator Ron Roberts. We'll probably talk about some of the things that they said on tomorrow's show. Tuesday, we will get a viewing window again, and we will also get player interviews, so be sure to check that out. Wednesday, they're off. Thursday, we supposedly get another viewing window, which is incredibly generous from the staff, mm-hmm. and we will get defensive assistant coaches to hear from. And then on Friday, we will get player interviews. So a lot of access this week. Very generous from this coaching staff. But I am curious to kind of pick your brain, Lindsay, on what narratives do you think emerge now that we're going to be in the thick of fall camp over the next four or five days? Do you think the quarterback conversation shifts? Do you think Robbie maybe gets left off of this conversation based on the way the first few days goes? Or do you still think it's going to be a three-man battle? Because... What they said in media days was 10 days, mm-hmm. 10 days. So it started on thir- the third and then Friday will be the 11th. So it wouldn't quite be 10 days, but I mean, if you're going to make that decision, you got to be getting closer from narrowing into three to two. Do you think that's what's going to happen? Or do you expect to see more of a rotation to give Robbie more of a shot? I think at some point in time this week, someone lays the groundwork for how we narrow this down from three to two. And it may be something where they already know and they try to start make dropping those hints. It may be something where they detail out the thought process, but I think we hear something about the quarterbacks as far as how, like, you can't, obviously, you can't rotate them that heavily all the way through fall camp. So what does that process look like? I'm sure someone's going to ask or they're going to volunteer that information. I'd be curious to know how they're evaluating them. Is it statistic-based? Is it just watching the film? But there's probably going to be something there where, and I imagine what they do is they complement the two guys that are still in it versus talking bad about the guy that's not. But you're going to hear something this week about that. 
I am also, because you're getting coordinators this week, I'm also really curious to hear from Ron Roberts about the linebackers. We've brought in multiple guys at that position. Auburn fans have a lot of questions. We've talked before, they're really top-heavy in that room. There's a lot of juniors and seniors. So what does he talk about as far as how they're narrowing that group down, what they're looking at for this season, You know, who starts, uh, who gets the majority of reps with the ones versus the twos. I'm curious to hear what comes out of that. I'll definitely be listening to Charlie Tuesday to find out what they say on Monday after you talk to the coordinators. Yeah, I mean, it should be a loaded week. There's no question about it. Yeah, I mean, Philip Montgomery is going to be asked a million questions about the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And so just how he dances around that or if he even chooses to dance around it at all. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, we're looking at these guys and so far these guys are looking better than, you know, the other guys. So I'm just... Is he going to come out and attack it, or, or is he going to be kind of you know passive with his answers? My guess is the latter. That's probably what he should be, you know, mm-hmm. to, out of respect to these these kids that are still competing. But I mean, there's not a whole lot of questions on the offensive line. Nope. There's not a whole lot of questions about the running back room outside of you know the questions surrounding Jar- Jarquez Hunter. But the pecking order there seems pretty straightforward. You may you may get a few questions about Cobb just because people want to know more about him. And then the wide receivers, like there's no way he can truthfully know at this point yeah. what the what the rotation for the receivers is. So I don't really know, like I don't really know what you can get out of that other than just kind of coach speak stuff. I am curious to hear from defensive players who they mention in the wide receiver room that has been a problem during camp. I'm curious to hear sure. from their perspective who have we struggled with, who has been a dangerous looking man out there so that we can have an idea. Because, I mean, if you think about it, you brought in enough wide receivers in the transfer portal to have a whole, like to have all your starters be transfers. And yet we're seeing some of these holdovers, Cam Brown, Jay Fair. And so is that more so what they have done? Is that uh, what the, uh, the transfers have not done? I'm curious to hear from the defensive back perspective. I think you can get a lot of info from players when they're talking about somebody on the other side of the ball because they may not have as close of a relationship and they see them in a different light than their teammates do. So I'm curious to see what the defensive backs say about the wide receivers. And I'm curious to see what the offensive linemen, if we, if we get one, say about the edge rushers, the jacks, and then what they say about the interior defensive linemen. Who do they talk up? Who do they, you know, who gets gassed up? Who gets the helium here? That's going to be a good little takeaway from this weekend. That's a yeah, we got Gunnar Britton last week. Maybe we'll get Dylan Wade this week. That'd be a nice. That'd be a nice interview. Avery Jones, sure. I think, would be really informative as a center because he's good point. thinking so much about protections and things like that. Who has mm. he had problems with on the interior? Because we got lots of lots of options. Jason Jones, Justin Rogers, lots of guys in the middle. We're kind of curious how the hell that's going to work out. Yep, Lindsey Crosby. How can people check out everything you've got going on, brother? I'm on the tweet box at, at Crosby Baseball. You can follow my show, Locked in. MLB Prospects, where we get your podcasting on YouTube. You can find the Auburn baseball writing, auburndaily.com. We just got a recruit over the weekend. And uh, the Braves writing, bravestoday.com. Yes, and you can find uh, all of my stuff at auburndaily.com as well. We'll be back tomorrow. As Lindsay said, it's a Charlie Tuesday. Don't miss it. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.